Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 275 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's are we doing out there? Another wild Wednesday, hump day Wednesday, almost there, folks. Weekend is just around the corner. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it, guys. Um, <clears throat> I should feel a little better today. Uh, and I'm going to be on time. I appreciate everybody... Uh, Tuning into uh, Sunday's episode, which actually turned out to be Sunday night's episode. I uh, kind of talked about the World Juniors and had my my week on social media, uh, a new segment on the show where I rant and raved. Um, um, before I get into uh, today's nonsense, I just want to... Uh, uh, I had a few cats reach out to me um, after the uh, Sunday episode and... Uh, you know, and, and basically kind of talk about what I was talking about, the girl telling me all oh, it things don't matter, whatever and all that. I appreciate it, boys. Um, you know, yeah, I, and I, I guess I should, um, I guess sometimes when I'm ranting and raving and I'm howling at the moon, um, I sometimes don't make the point perfectly clear, but, um, I guess, I guess my point was, um, overall in the grand scheme of things in life with things that we have going on in our life, what's going on in the world. Um, you know, yes, podcast and not just podcasts, but just sports and old hockey fights and everything are very insignificant and whatever. I mean, they should be recognized for what they are. Right. I guess is what I was getting at, but in terms of, um, um, what the show means to people, um, and I, and I really appreciate it. And, and I didn't, and if it, if I came off that way, I didn't mean, I didn't mean it when I said it, but I, I know what the show means to people. Um, like I said, I get messages from people and like they read it or they listen to it on their commute or they listen to it while they're working out on the gym, on the treadmill or, you know, or what have you. And, um, 
and and I appreciate that and the fact and I always say and the fact that it it's uh you know it's a staple in people's podcasting schedule or their listening schedule it becomes you know like you said oh every Sunday morning when I get up and I go walk the dog I listen to your show and then your Wednesday episode I listen to it on my commute and and every Monday every Sunday and Wednesday I'm there man and blah blah you know and uh and and I certainly don't take that um lightly um or flippantly, I, I, I really do appreciate it. And, uh, and I always appreciate the kind words from you guys. And, uh, and I, and I'm always very humble. I truly am that, um, that people take, like I said, and I, and it's true. I always say this on every episode, but it's, it, it always bears repeating and it's uh, nothing but the truth. But like uh, with hundreds and hundreds, probably thousand plus podcasts or hockey podcasts out there, um, the fact that, that you guys choose to listen to my show and, and tune in religiously. And, and, uh, it's, it's great, man. It's cool. And like I said, I can see the numbers and, you know, I see how many people are listening and, and, uh, and it's, and it's great. Uh, it's, it blows my mind a lot of times. I mean, especially when it's one thing when I have a guest on, because it's like, I was always say when I have the guest, they're not tuning in to hear me. They're here to hear, see or listen to you. Um, so when those episodes do well, it doesn't surprise me because the guy has fans and what have you. But, uh, when it's, uh, me, you know, yelling out my window about, uh, lists and my week on the internet and everything else, uh, the fact that people still listen, um, always blows my mind. So, uh, no, I appreciate everybody for taking the time to, like I said, uh, listen to, uh, listen to the shows and, uh. And I appreciate the feedback. And again, to go back to that, um, if you're on social media, I'm at Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and Facebook. Send me a direct message. Or if you're not on social media, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. Love to hear from you guys. Um, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, create or, uh, you know, constructive criticism. Um, or just, well, you should do this topic. Or I was thinking of this. Or I want to, if I could come on the show and talk about this or whatever. That's the other thing. I mean, I've had guys, um, again, um, you know, if, if people want to come on the show, that's great. And if you, um, if you have a topic that you want to talk about, uh, you're making my life easier because then I don't have to come up with one. Um, I've, I've had a few people say they'd come on the show. What do you want to talk about? And I'm like, well, that's the thing. I'm not quite sure. Like, what are you into? And how about you tell me what you're into and what you want to talk about? We'll go from there. So, um, but yeah, no, I, any, Hey, like I said, this is the show. This is the show for the fans, man. You know, it's for us fight fans to, uh, to share and, uh, and to, uh, connect and communicate. And, uh, so if you want to come on about a topic, I'm, I'm all ears. So no, for sure. Get a hold of me. But, uh, anyway, folks, let's get into this, right? Uh, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's a new member to the network. Oh, look at this. He's probably, he just signed up and, uh, they just signed a contract and he's ready to rock and roll. Jordan from When Five in a Game. Uh, my past guest, uh, he has recently started up his podcast and his YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, he just signed on with the network. So that's really cool. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to the future here and what, uh, what Jordan's going to bring to the table in, in terms of, uh, content. And, uh, right now it's, um, he, he just actually did his latest, uh, episode is his first player interview with Eric Lizon. There's a tough dude. That's a, that's a pretty tough dude to, uh, hit lead off for you. So, uh, um, I haven't had a chance to listen to the episode yet. I will be tuning into it in the truck tomorrow. So, uh, but congratulations to Jordan for getting on the network. 
And uh, yeah, five in a game. Check it out on YouTube. And uh, it's a Quebec Junior uh, channel right now, like old 90s, early 2000s. He did Marc Andre Waugh and Duplain and um, George Davis and uh, Marty Doyle. Jimmy Bonu, uh, lots of tough guys come out of Quebec and, and he kind of has done little sort of 18, like 15, 20 minute biography pieces on YouTube. It's with the attaching the video to it. Um, but it's also, you can listen to it in audio form as well. So yeah, five in a game, my boy Jordan, check it out. I'm going to have to get him back on the show and, uh, um, yeah, good dude. So congratulations to him for getting on the network. And, uh, like I said, it's always anytime a new creator can, um, um, you know, especially with hockey fight history, uh, you know, it's one thing uh, if you're going to do a current show, and that's fine, do current whatever, but um, in terms of hockey fight history, um, it's, uh, it's, there's not, it's a very niche pro- uh, topic and not a lot of people are doing it, just basically myself, uh, Joe and Alec, and, uh, and now, now there's four, and now Jordan's here, and like he says, he takes a little, he takes a little different look at it, he's just covering Quebec right now, Um I don't know what his plans are going forward, what he wants to do. Um, I'll have to get him back on the show and we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Well, and then, like I said, uh, uh, Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Oh, the wonders never cease. Old Sicky McGee actually released an episode today. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I know, I think it's been about a month, but between work and vacation and sick and, but he finally got one out. He even got mad in this one. He was ranting and raving. Um, East Coast League Hockey again. They, Alec, Alec versus the ECHL. That'll be a, a war for the ages. Um, yeah, it, and it continues. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, like I said, Alec has done a great job. Tremendous back catalog. Uh, Rob Ray, Segroy, Bialois, on and on. And uh, yeah, hopefully, like I said, going forward, he can uh, you know find a, a, a healthy balance between the work life and uh home life as well and uh newly married and um you know so you got to find that you got to balance all of that and then hit the microphone you know maybe once a week or once every two weeks and and do an episode and it can get really tough so um you know hopefully because i always enjoy alex's stuff so i i hope he can uh he can find time and and get a little more uh a few more episodes out on a regular basis but uh i know coming up he will be on my show uh him and jay for sure um, as we are going to do, I'm finally getting around to the minor league mayhem tournament. Uh, the Twitter, I don't think it'll be on Twitter this year. I think I'm going to put it on Facebook. Uh, it'll be the sixth annual and, uh, it's basically, yeah, it's a, a March, a March Madness style bracket. Uh, 64 of the minor league's toughest guys, past and present, uh, mostly past though, a couple present guys maybe, but, um, yeah. And then we're going to vote and we'll be doing it on Facebook. I don't think I can do it on my own Facebook account though, the fourth line voice one. So I think it's going to have to be in the enforcer appreciation group. So, uh, hopefully everybody will sign up to join the group and get in there and vote. But I will let you guys know. Like I said, we're going to do a preview show and talk about the matchups and it might do it a little different this year, uh, in terms of how I'm going to pick players. So that's still working the kinks out, but in the next couple of weeks, there is going to be a minor league mayhem preview show coming and I will have Alec on for sure for that. Um, also, of course, old Jolton Joel Lazito, he is the Knuckles Nordiques podcast or Nordiques Knuckles podcast. And, uh, it's just as it sounds. He interviews, uh, former Quebec Nordique players, not Avalanche, just Nordiques. 
Uh, he previously did the Coliseum Chronicles show, which was a New York Islanders show, and he uh, put his he hung his Islander jersey, his number one Wang jersey, up in the closet, and he threw on his Nords jersey. So away we go, and he's so far he's had Trevor Steenberg on and Ken McRae uh, has been his first two guests and multiple parts uh, interviews. So definitely give Joe's show check check him out, and uh, I'll have Lazito back on my show at some point as well. So. Uh, definitely, uh, always enjoy talking to Joe. So yeah, there we go, folks. And, uh, oh, and if you're on the YouTubes, as I said earlier, the, uh, five in a game YouTube channel, as well as Alex channel five for fighting, uh, his, his YouTube channel, uh, he's got the East coast league fights up fan submissions, of course, as the East coast league, uh, killed his first channel. So, I mean, everybody that's listening regularly knows all about that saga, but, uh, hit the subscribe button on his channel on Jordan's channel, as well as Jay out in Iowa, D-Skunk. Check out his YouTube channel. Some great old minor league stuff from the old UHL, the IHL, currently at the Southern Pro Hockey League. It's going to be the only place you find SP fights, I can tell you that. Jay does a great job, and he's been doing it for over a decade. Hit the subscribe button on his channel, and uh, and go down the rabbit hole on his channel. You'll love it. He's got some great stuff on there. And uh, I highly encourage you to do that. And uh, as I always say, and, I'll, I'll, and always a fourth line voice on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> I have over 2,500 videos on there. So check it out and uh, hit, hit the subscribe button on the channels. And uh, whatever podcast you may listen to, this one or Alec or uh, Jordan's or Joe's, um, I always say download, don't stream, because that, that helps the creator out. Like I always say, it's it's the little things you as listeners can do. All you got to do is just tap the like button, hit the review button, um, download button. That's it. That's all. You're list- You're you're holding it in your hand in the phone anyway. That's all you got to do, and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, like I always say, don't ask much from you guys. Uh, it's the little things you can do, not only for myself but all the creators involved, and any podcast you listen to, whether it be a wrestling podcast or a UFC one or. Whatever, true crime, Rogan's, whatever, um, always download it, don't stream it. Um, it that way the uh, the advertisers, and then, sorry folks, I'm kind of holding and suppressing coughing here. Um, so my voice will go up like that every once in a while. Um, i got to reach my Gatorade here. Ah, hold on. There we go. Uh, just downloading, it just helps out the, uh, the creator, it really does, so... Thanks, folks. <clears throat> All right. What are we going to talk about today? Well, <clears throat> let's see. Get my notes out here. Um, I'll, I'll t- well, right away, <coughs> I got I to gotta fire Tim up right at the start. I got a list. Oh, yes, there's a list. Um, also, um, old white, my boy Chris there, Y2J, we were talking the other day. And, I mean, again, it's been a topic that's been yapped about on, uh, on the Facebook groups and stuff. But... Um, I wanted to bring it back. Uh, it was basically uh, the best season for a tough guy. Uh, you know, just it, not only in terms of fighting and, and just sort of um, overall impact, but as well as just uh, on the offensive side as well. Um, what are some of the big, big, uh, big seasons? So we're going to look into that. I have a few and then, jeez, <coughs> oh, pardon me. Uh, I have a few of those. That I have written down, and then uh, I will. Uh, I put 
I put the topic up on social media today, and uh, so uh, I'll, I'll go over my guys here, and then we'll bounce over to the social media, and we'll read the comment section and see. Because, uh, um, I mean, I, there, I, like, I don't have pages and pages. I have about 10 guys here that we're going to talk about, and then uh, we'll go to the comment section and see what people put. Um, the one thing I should have put in my post, because this is what I did for here, is I should have put NHL. Because you have to, um, yeah, I know, I know I'm a junior minor league guy myself, but, um, I, I think in terms of just, uh, sort of, um, cause I mean, if you leave it wide open for every, I mean, that, that'd be a, a 18 part series if we do that, if I'm including junior and minors. So, um, I'm just going to limit it. My, mine right here, I'm just going to limit to the NHL, but, uh, it's certainly, and I think it's a it's a fun topic to look into, and I will certainly look into maybe you know maybe next week or something we can do a minor league one, and then week at, you know, or the week after that a junior one maybe or something. So, um, you know, it's something that I'm uh, I think it's a topic I'll come back to, but yeah, we'll just do the different different uh, levels. But uh, for today, it'll be the NHL, um, and then for my list, I have the top five toughest Minnesota Wild players. Uh, as I said, I have a. I have a folder here full of links to uh, to different lists that a couple cats have sent me over the last little while. And uh, as I always say, I do not look at the lists. I discover them with you, the listener. So, and uh, I always say the shittier the list, the funnier it is. So we'll see what the we'll see what the Minnesota, the Great Lakes, the Minnesota, the Wild bring us. So uh, the list, but um, yeah, well, like I said, in terms of uh, big seasons. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start it off here. And I, and I guess whenever I mentioned the, when I brought the topic up, of course, right away, every, Prober, you know, um, you know, the 87, 88 season when he was in the all-star game, um, and then led the playoffs and, or led the wings, uh, or actually set the playoff record for the wings of scoring, um, in the, uh, that year as well. I mean, just an outstanding year. Um, yeah, uh, 74 games played. He had 29 goals, 33 assists for 62 points, 398 minutes of penalties. It's like, oh, Bob, pick, just pick up the trip and call in the, uh, in the 74th game. Um, but in the playoffs, he had 16 game and 16 games. He had eight goals, 13 assists for 21 points and 51 minutes of penalties. And again, played in the all-star game. Um, that year in the regular season, he had 24 fights, uh, plus two more in the playoffs. So a 26 fight season. 62 point season and then 21 in the playoffs. I mean, I'll tell you, it, it, uh, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. And, uh, and that was really, um, you know, that was while well, he had played two seasons uh, before that, but the 85, 86 was his rookie year, but he, he kind of split time. He played 44 games with Detroit and then 32 with Adirondack in the American League. And then 86, 87 was Probert's first full year, um, where he played 63 games. Um, and then, actually it wasn't his full, he did play seven games at Adirondack to start the year and then, and then played the 63 and then 87, 88 was kind of his full time, first full regular, well, he never went back to the minors after that, but yeah, so that was kind of his first, I guess, uninterrupted season in the NHL and boy, what a, what a year and, uh, yeah, outstanding. Yeah. And that, and that, and that really is sort of, um, um, the, uh, the, the kind of the, the gold standard in terms of like an enforcer season, I think. And, uh, you know, and he was making his way through the league at that time. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, 
really solid. But another, uh, I'm sorry for you're hearing me typing because I, I want to get the stat. I'm on hockey DB. I have the stuff written down, but I just have the years and then the amount of fights, but I want to get the, the point total. Um, I think another season that I think often gets overlooked, um, with how great it was. Um, and especially at, because it's Marty McSorley's, um, uh, 92 93 year um with the with the LA Kings and um you know and and I think what makes the Marty season really special is that he's a defenseman so I mean that's even tougher man I mean you know and um I always I always laugh because people have regularly tuned into the show have heard me talk about the goon draft that we used to do in high school and basically take six guys and then you would you'd actually lose points if they got uh if they scored and stuff so um, but I always remember the 92, 93 season fondly because I had Marty in the draft that year. And this is the year he had 399 minutes of penalties. And, um, you know, so I always remember that year fondly. And I want to say, I also had a rookie Warren Reichel that year too with the LA Kings and he had 300 minutes. So, um, needless to say the 92, 93 draft went really well for me. I know I won that one. And, um, but yeah, but I tell you, uh, I did lose a bunch of points that year because uh, Marty played all 81 games, uh, 15 goals, 26 assists for 41 points, 399 minutes in penalties, and then the 24 playoff games, he had 10 points in 60 minutes. Of course, that's the famous um, uh, Wendell Clark fight in the playoffs that year. Um, and then he had... Uh, yeah, he had the, he had 15 regular season fights and one fight, obviously, with Wendell in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, just an outstanding year. And, and another great year that Marty had, um, was the two seasons before that. Uh, he played with LA 1991. He had uh, 61 games, he had seven goals, 32 assists, 221 minutes. But he was a plus 48 that year. Him and Theron Fleury tied for the league lead in plus minus. So, um, yeah. Uh, Marty turned himself into a hell of a player without a doubt. And, uh, and to do that on the back end, um, you know, he had a couple, he had 10 goal, 15 goal, 15 goal years in, uh, in LA. Um, you know, so, you know, another real solid season. He had 95, 96, 59 games. He had 10 goals, 21 assists, 148 minutes. Um, you know, so, you know, Marty was no slouch there on the back end. And, uh, yeah, outstanding season for McSorley, that's for sure. Um, another one uh, that we're going to type in here is uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz. You know, and right away, of course, when you mentioned Schultz, um, you know, of, of course, the season where uh, he set the uh, NHL record for penalty minutes in a season with 472. Um, he had nine goals that year. Uh, but no, that's not the season I'm going to talk about. It was actually the... Uh, um, the year before that, um, in 73-74, um, uh, the Flyers won the, won the cup. And, um, he actually, he had, he had a, uh, he had a 20 goal season that year. And, um, yeah, he had 73 games, 20 goals, 16 assists, 348 minutes and penalties. He was a plus 25. And then in 17 playoff games, set six points and another 139 minutes and penalties. So yeah, 348 minutes, but a 20 goal season and a Stanley Cup, um, with the Flyers that year. And, uh, you know, and like I said, the following nine goals, 472. Then the year after that, 71 games, 13 goals, 300 minutes. Uh, then it got shipped off to the LA Kings, 76 games, 10 goals, 
Um, so Schultz was certainly, um, you know, a decent player. I mean, you know, obviously he gets, you know, the goon and everything else. And he sort of, you know, the flyers and their antics, I mean, definitely sort of led to the whatever air quote goon hockey, but, uh, yeah, he was certainly, he could certainly play and, uh, or a far better player than, uh, people give him credit for. We'll put it that way. And, uh, and I think often forgotten in the, and I, and I mean rightfully so, but I mean, if you actually look into it and dig into the numbers, um, yeah, Schultz was definitely an, he could contribute offensively as well. And, uh, you know, for all the mayhem and everything else, uh, you know, 20 goal, 20 goals, that's, that's a hell of a season for, for anybody, let alone a cat that's, uh, you know, picking up uh, 348 minutes and penalties. Um, oh, but the other thing, of course, in that year, he had 19 regular season fights, but he also had uh, nine playoff fights uh, that year. So had nine, one guy having nine fights in the playoffs, um, you know, and like I said, and that, that was in 17 games. He had nine fights. So, um, yeah, Schultz doing it all for the Flyers. Love it. Uh, the next guy that I want to look at, and it was funny, Chris and I had talked about him, and uh, and he and I are both big fans. And uh, I started to actually realize as I was kind of making the list out, it's a guy that I actually don't talk about a lot on the show. Um, and he'd actually be a really fun player spotlight. But Randy McKay, I was a big Randy McKay fan. And I know on those early uh, early to mid-90s uh, kind of assorted DVD, or I guess VHS tapes at the time that I used to get, he was all over them. And... Um, yeah, wide open fighter, win some, lose some, wasn't the biggest guy, but again, really turned himself into a really solid player. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big Randy McKay fan. And there's actually probably a bunch of seasons, um, you know, that, that you could pick. Um, but really the one, the, the one that I, you know, cause he had to, in the 97, 98, he had 24 goals and then 2000, 2001, he had 23 goals and, um, you know, uh, the one season I sort of, I, I, I kind of, uh, uh, zoned in on, um, um, and like I said, with, with, with McKay, there, there's a bunch of seasons you could pick, but it was actually the one I'm just kind of focused on right now is this the, uh, his first season in New Jersey. Um, of course he was compensation in the Crowder deal and, uh, cause he was with the Red Wings and I mean, um, he had played previously at 33 games, he had three goals and then the next year. 47 games, he had one goal, 183, you know, 183 minutes. Um, so it, it was certainly, um, it wasn't trending that you would think he would go on to have the kind of the, the career that he did. But uh, his first season in New Jersey, he came out like gangbusters. And it was like, he played full game, full se- 80 games. He had 17 goals, 16 assists for 33 uh, points. 246 minutes of penalties was a plus six, had four more points in seven playoff games. Uh, but the big thing was 29 fights that year and, um, yeah, un- unbelievable. And, uh, and he fought everybody. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I have a couple early nineties VHS tapes and he was all over, but what, what a strong, those, those New Jersey devil years, you know, a bunch of cups and like 17 goals, 12 goals, 24 goals, 17, 16, 23. Um, yeah, just, just really had a hell of a career. And, uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, Randy McKay fan. And, uh, yeah, I, I should know it. We started following each other on Facebook here. I'm, uh, you know, I, I really need to kind of reach out to him. Hopefully I'd love to get him on the show. Cause he, I think he'd be a lot of fun to talk to him and what a fight card, like unbelievable. And, uh, 
yeah, I should, I should reach out. I know I'm kind of nervous, but I should reach out because I think hopefully he would do it. It'd be pretty cool. But yeah, Randy McKay, man, what a season. Next up on the list, uh, who did I put down? Uh, yes, none other than Mike Peluso. And you're like, Mike Peluso. Um, yeah, man. Um, I, again, another, well, speaking of Randy McKay, of course, they made the crash line and, um, no, I guess that was, uh, Holy, was it Holy and Daniels maybe, but, you know, uh, but he was on those, uh, cup winning teams with McKay and, uh, I, I mean, I know on the fight groups and stuff, Peluso kind of gets shit on every once in a while or whatever. I always like Peluso. I know Brady, my boy Brady is just, uh, just pumped right now. Um, but, uh, no, but, but big guy, 6'4", you know, 220. Um, he would swing wide open. I mean, you know, it kind of looked like he was on roller skates. I mean, his balance wasn't great. And that was always sort of the, you know, the Achilles heel for him. But, uh, um, he could, he definitely got better. But I mean, out of the gate swinging in Chicago, first year, 300 minutes. The next year, 408 minutes, um, in 91-92. Um, but the season that I want to talk about, is the year after that, uh, he went to Ottawa for the one year and it was Ottawa's, uh, and it was Ottawa's first year in the league and they were bloody awful. Um, but, um, I, I mean, no offense, but when Norm McIver, your defenseman's the leading scorer with six, it's actually a hell of a year, 80 games, 63 points on the blue line from Normie, uh, to lead the team when you're, you know, you're in trouble. But, um, no, Peluso came in there and, and really gave them a presence. In terms of toughness. And uh, I think if you go back and watch the highlights. In my opinion. Um, that's when Peluso kind of really kind of grew up. And hit his stride. And he had some great fights. I, there's a great fight with Mark Jansen. Um, uh, Jansen's uh, on, my, on my. He drops him right at the end of the year. Um, but he was just. And again I'm not saying. Oh he was undefeated in Ottawa. And he was a killer. But I remember watching some of those Senators games. And. Um, and he was a presence, a physical guy. Um, like that's the one thing Peluso, um, you know, college guy and, and, and everything. So, um, you know, he, he was kind of in Chicago. He was certainly willing. Um, he knew what he had to do to, to play pro. But I think Ottawa is where he kind of got in the groove. And he played 81 games. And again, 15 goals, 10 assists, 25 points. But 318 minutes in penalties. He had 24 fights. Uh, but like I said, just a real big presence on a, on a real shit team. Um, you know, not a lot of help. I mean, he had Darcy Lowen there. I like Darcy Lowen, but I mean, Lowen's not like, I mean, Peluso was the heavyweight for sure. And, um, I mean, and that's a lot of nights when you're, you know, you're losing and you're trying to spark the club and, um, yeah. And I mean, that was, but he only played the one year and then he went on to New Jersey and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, with the injuries and everything and, and, and that type of thing, you know, kind of, you know, um, he only played for five more years after that, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, like I said, really came into his own in Ottawa and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a real, like, again, I mean, oh, am I, am I trying to like rank this up there next to like Probert season? Well, no, but I think just for different reasons, um, like I said, just being the lone gun on a, on a brand new team, um, not, no help. And, uh, you know, I, I think it says a lot though. And I, and, uh, though I, I thought he came on, um, came on real strong in Ottawa and he, he had a great, great year in my opinion. Uh, next we gotta, we gotta go roll with my Saskatchewan boy here, Joe Koser. Um, he had some outstanding seasons. Um, and again, a, 
you know, with his hand issues and everything else. I mean, Joey always, always knew his role, but, uh, you know, he had solid, uh, skills if you let him play. And, uh, you know, and the, and the season, he could probably, again, could probably talk about a couple seasons, but the one I'm going to focus in on is the 89-90 year. Um, played 71 games. He had 16 goals, 20 assists, uh, 268 minutes of penalties. Um, and he had 15 fights that year. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, it, it, in 89-90, it was, uh, uh, you know, that was the, that was the year, uh, Probert had, you know, the issues and everything else. So he only played the four games. So this was kind of really, um, Coaster's year to be kind of the guy. I think before that, um, you know, it was, it was kind of the Probert, you know, pro, I always kind of call it the Batman and Robin, and I don't mean it as a disrespect to Coaster, but Probert was kind of the number one guy. And, uh, I think this was the first year that we got to see, um, Joey in that role. And, um, and yeah, 16 goal season was strong. And like I said, solid, uh, 15 fights. And, uh, that was also the year Randy McKay was on the club. And, uh, but yeah, I, I just think that was a real strong year from, for Joey. Um, and like I said, there's a couple seasons. That was his biggest goal season. He had a couple, he had back to back nine goal years with Detroit. Uh, I know in his rookie year with Detroit, 85. Uh, 59 games, but he had the nine goals, but 377 minutes. Um, him and Probert really came along at the same time. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, I think this was kind of Probert's, or Probert, pardon me, uh, Coaster's kind of big breakout year, uh, was the, uh, in my opinion, in the 89-90. But, uh, yeah, definitely strong year. Uh, next up, we're going back old school here. Um, the 19, we're talking the 1977 78 season for none other than Taz, Terry O'Reilly with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, 77-78, strong year. Um, played 77 games, 29 goals, 61 assists for 90 points, 211 minutes of penalties, a plus 40. Then played 15 games in the playoffs, 15 points, had 40 minutes, um, 17 fights that year. Um, was 7th in the league in scoring. Um yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with Terry O'Reilly. I mean, man, like, I mean, yeah, power forward. He really was. Um, you know, you get 23 goals, 29 goals, 26, 19, 22. Um, you know, and that's the thing with Terry O'Reilly. You look at his career totals, 80, 80. Okay, we'll start this again. 891 games played. He had 606 career points along with 2,000 minutes. And then 100, 108 playoff games, another 67 points. So, I mean, Taz could play uh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, like I said, there, there was probably a couple seasons um, uh, I, I could have picked. Uh, but I kind of went with, the, you know, just, you know, your seventh in scoring or whatever. Um, but, of course, this is the, you know, the, the year uh, they lost in the finals to Montreal. And... Uh, you know, with the too many men on the ice and all that. I know Don Cherry has talked about it many times, but, um, you know, so all, almost won a cup for him. But, uh, yeah, what a season, you know, and then following year, 26 goals and 200 minutes. And, uh, you know, the consummate, you know, always there for a teammate, you know, um, well, I mean, everybody listening, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to sell you on the, on Terry O'Reilly. I mean, uh, 
But I think again, it's it's often overlooked how good of a player he was because you see the oh the, the Tasmanian Devil right the whirling dervish he's got his arms flailing and he's fighting everybody and up and down he falls and gets up and falls and gets up and you know bleeding and everything else and you know and he really was a Tasmanian Devil out there. But I think a, a lot of times uh, people forget the the talent that he had and uh, yeah, I mean when you I mean that's what that's a season right there when you're seventh in scoring. As well as, you know, like I said, your team's basically, I mean, you had Jonathan and Winsick there, so I don't, you know, I don't want to claim that, I mean, some people, ah, who, who would you put Jonathan ahead of O'Reilly in terms of toughness? Eh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would, well, you could, that argument could be made, we'll put it that way, but nonetheless, you're one of the team's toughest fighter, if not the team's toughest fighter, you're, if you're not number one, you're 1A. Um, and then, and you're also seventh in the league in scoring. So yeah, that, that right there is, you know, that, that's strong that year. Uh, again, st- st- we'll, we'll stick with the, with the, uh, olden times here, but Tiger Williams, uh, of course the NHL's all time penalty minute leader, but again, great power forward. Again, often overlooked how talented Tiger Williams was again, 962 career games, 513 points, 3,900 minutes of penalties, um, you know, uh, tremendous player. Um, there's probably a couple seasons you could pick for, for Tiger. Um, the first one, I'm going to do two seasons for him actually, because the one, um, I actually, <coughs> I had actually picked the Vancouver 80, 81 season where he had 35 goals and that's a great year too. But the other one I wanted to talk about was, this, was his, uh, 77, 78 season with Toronto. Um, 78 games, he had 19 goals, 31 assists for 50 points. 351 minutes of penalties, then he played 12 playoff games at 3.63 minutes. But the big thing with the 77-78 season, not only did he have 50 points and 19 goals, um, he had 36 regular season fights that year, and then five more in 12 playoff games. You know, he's really battling uh, Nystrom and Howitt and them and the Islanders in the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, dude had 41 fights that season, as well as... Uh, um, 19 goals so I mean you know tremendous and then like I said the next and then the other season I was going to talk about was the 80-81 it was his um his first full year with Vancouver he played 77 games 35 goals 27 assists 62 points 343 minutes and penalties um he had 17 fights um you know I know the next year 81-82 is and they had the run in the playoffs there Brodeur kick it you know King Brodeur King Richard kicking but um you know, and again, he had 17 goals that year, but I mean, the 35 goals, that was his big, big goal year in, uh, in Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, a tiger, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's often over, overlooked how, uh, how good of a player he really was. And, uh, but yeah, and, and not only, and without, and not only just being the all time penalty minute leader, but, uh, yeah, great seasons there. Another one, Dale Hunter. Um, I was never a big Dale Hunter guy, but, uh, but man, he, uh, but again, what a talent. Um, you know, 1400 career games, thousand points. I mean, phew, and then 3,500 minutes of penalties. I mean, that's strong. And then 186 playoff games, 118 points, 700 minutes of penalties. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's the guy you want on your team without a doubt. And, uh, hate to play against one of those guys. Um, you know, big game hunter, as they called him, um, 
you know, but I, I, I've kind of wanted to look at it as the 81, 82 season in Quebec, uh, 80 games, 22 goals, 50 assists, 72 points, 272 minutes plus 26, then 16 playoff games, 10 points, 52 more minutes. Um, he had 18 regular season fights and then two playoff fights. So, you know, Hey, 20, 20 tilt, 63 points. Um, you know, was he the greatest fighter? No, um, more of an, kind of a shit disturber, but, um, you know, like I said, 20, 20 fights, um, you know, um, yeah, again, you know, I'm just looking at 22, 24, 20, 28, 22, 20, 23. I mean, 28, 20, like just consistency every year. Uh, always, you know, 50, 60, 70 points, always 200 minutes. Um, yeah, he, uh, I mean, what, what can you say, right? It, uh, you know, you, I always say you got to give the devil his due. And like I said, I'm not a big Hunter fan. Um, actually, I'm not a fan of Dale Hunter at all, but, I, I certainly recognize how good of a player he was and um yeah and he and he did some fighting in his younger years for sure and uh especially with Quebec that'd be a cool guest for Joe to get on hopefully Joe can get Dale Hunter on that'd be a really good interview I think um because it'd be really interesting to see his his uh to get his uh his view on a few things for sure but uh yeah I know I had to he had some great years in Washington as well but uh I think part, I had to go for old Lazito I had to do the I had to do a Nordiques look at Dale Hunter that was the other thing I was going to mention when I was talking about this. I know in my topic, um, when I put it up on social media, I kind of mentioned Enforcer's best seasons. Um, I wouldn't call Dale Hunter an Enforcer, um, despite the 3,500 minutes of penalties. Um, I, I don't think fighters were scared of Dale Hunter, we'll put it that way. I'm not knocking Dale Hunter in any way, but he was not looked at as a big heavyweight or anything else. Um, and, and, I know a few people had mentioned like, oh, Cam Neely, Shanahan, stuff like, well, yeah, but I wouldn't call them enforcers, although both of those guys are better fighters than Hunter was, now that I'm saying it. But um, another guy, Rick Tockett. Now, would I put Rick Tockett in the enforcer category? No. I mean, the same thing can go with Wendell. Actually, that's a, that's a, actually a, a stat line I didn't write down was actually Wendell's rookie year when he had the 30 goals and the 20 some fights. I mean, I could have done that too in his rookie year, especially at 18. Um, but, uh, uh, Rick Tockett, uh, I am down for his, uh, I mean, it could be a number of seasons. I mean, obviously his 40 goal year, his 48 goal year in Pittsburgh, stuff like that. But, uh, the actual season I kind of, I kind of picked, um, was the uh, 86-87, of course, when they made it to the final, lost Edmonton in the final. But, um, you know, in 69 games, he had 21 goals, 49 points, 288 minutes. Then in 26 playoff games, he had 21 points. And I think that's probably when, because um, the, the years up to that, he had 14-14, uh, you know, in goals. And I think this was sort of the season, I would say maybe that was Tockett's breakout year. Um you know, kind of get that because the next year at 31 and then 45, then 37, then 40. Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, and not only that, he had, he had 21 regular season fights plus two in the playoffs. Um, I, I think that was talk. It's sort of, um, his coming out party, uh, was that year. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, but 284, 288, 299. I mean, he was certainly putting up penalty minutes. Um, he is the Flyers all time penalty minute leader as, as, as surprising as that is. Um, I remember somebody threw that up bar trivia once. And of course, right away, my mind immediately went to Schultz, right? But no, it's Tockett. And, um, but yeah, 
probably my one of my you know he's one of my all time favorite players. Uh, him, Neely Clark, as, in terms of the power forward guys. Uh, um, I I guess um, I, I'm not sure why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I mean, you got Clark Gillies in there. He had better numbers than Gillies. Um, you know, you know, 1100 career games, 952 points, 2900 minutes of penalties, 145 playoff games. He had 112 points. Um, that's pretty strong. Um, you know, that's better than some guys in the Hall of Fame. Um, I hopefully he gets in. I'd love to see it. Um, but yeah, great player. And, uh, yeah, you could pick, the, I could have picked a number of seasons, I think, for Rick, for sure. Uh, n- next up on the list, the guy who had, who had a number of great seasons, uh, Al Secord. Um, 766 career games. He had 495 points, 2000 minutes, uh, 55 more points in a hundred playoff games. Um, you know, he had a 44 goal season, a 54 goal year, a 40 goal year. Um, you know, there's probably a few seasons he could have picked. Um, I'm actually going to pick his, uh, Chicago Blackhawks, his 81, 82, uh, uh, year where he had, uh, 44 goals, 31 assists, 303 minutes in penalties, and then seven more uh, points in 15 playoff games and 61 minutes in the playoffs. Um, he had 23 regular season fights and then three playoff fights. Um, yeah, I mean, again, another guy, um, I, I, I think, uh, better offensively than people give him credit for. I think it's, I think how good he was offensively gets forgotten about. Um, like I said, he had some real strong seasons with the Blackhawks. Uh, um, kind of looking at it, I mean, obviously he must have, uh, he must have had a run it. I wouldn't have, I mean, Cherry, I think would have loved Secord. He must have had a run in with Sindin, I guess, but I, I can't believe actually Boston would let go of him, to be honest. But, uh, um, he's one of those guys, um, to be, again, perfectly honest, I was never a big Secord fan. Um, I, I think he's, in, in my opinion, overhyped as a fighter. Um, I think it's because of the Bruins Chicago thing, the original, you know, the original six stuff. I think people, um, you know, there's a lot of fans of that, of those teams. And I think they kind of, I think their history is revisionist a little bit with, with Big Al could really go. It's like, mm, you know, I mean, he would fight guy, you know, he'd fight and stuff, but to me, he's just a big wrestler. Um, you know, he'd, he'd swing quickly and then get kind of tied up and, um, you know, do I think Al Secord was the greatest fighter? No. Um, you know, but at the same time, guy scoring 40 goals, 50 goals. I mean, you know, um, but I don't think in terms of, uh, you know, would I put him in a, a top 10 at any point in the season or anything like that? No. But physical winger, again, tough guy. Uh, like he's certainly a tough guy he would fight. I'm not trying to call him like a pussy or a punching bag or anything. Um, just, I, I wasn't a big fan of his fighting style. Like I said, everybody has a style and, um, but yeah, to me, it was a little more grappling, but, uh, but, but there's no denying his talent. He was, he was, uh, he was awesome. Uh, the next guy we're kind of, we're kind of going, we're kind of, kind of sticking old school, but, uh, Gary Howitt, um, one of those guys that I think, for as great as those Islander teams were, um, I think he sort of gets forgotten about. Um, not forget, nah, that's not the right term, but he, he's overshadowed by Nystrom and Gillies in terms of their in toughness. Like, you know, he was, I guess he was a number three, but he was fearless and, uh, but uh, pretty solid player. But the, the year I wanted to talk about was the 75 76 year. Um, 
yeah, he played 80 games. He had 21 goals, 34 points, 197 minutes, um, uh, a plus minus of, of, of 26. And, uh, you know, they lost the, the Islanders lost in the third round that year, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he had a great year. He had, uh, 16 fights plus one more in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, 21 goals, 13 goals, 16 goal year. Um, you know, all the while, like not backing down. He wasn't the biggest guy, but you know, the toy tiger as he was called. But, uh, um, I don't know why I was looking, I was looking up somebody. Oh, I think I was looking up Gilly's stats and Nystrom stats. I mean, you could obviously pick seasons for those guys as well. And, uh, I happened to come across Howitt and, uh, I didn't realize he, uh, he scored that much. I thought Howitt was sort of the, you know, the, the, the fourth line grinder guy, but, uh, you know, but 18 goal, 21, 13, 16, like I said, then, you know, the one year in Hartford there, he had 18 goals and, um, you know, like, was he a big prolific goal scorer? Well, no, but I mean, you know, you're on a team with, you know, I mean, he, he played his role on those Islander teams perfectly. And, and like I said, probably, you know, the, the toy tiger and, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was a solid, uh, hitting in that third spot was, uh, he, he was pretty solid. So I, I just wanted to throw that out. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the 75, 76 season. Oh, and pardon me, the 13 playoff games, I get 10 points, you know, five goals, five assists. So solid in the playoffs as well. So yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to include how it, uh, um, next up, uh, Chris Simon, uh, we'll, we'll go back to new school here. Big Simon. Um, you know, again, could pr- probably have picked the number of seasons. Um, I know with the in the 99-2000, he had the 29-goal year in Washington. Um, he really didn't have any, <coughs> pardon me, he really didn't have any fights that year. Um, you know, at that point, his shoulders were really shot, and uh, and, and that kind of really cut down his, his fighting and stuff. But uh, the season I was actually going to throw out with him was his final year in Colorado, the, uh, the 95-96 season. He had 64 games. Uh, 16 goals, 18 assists, uh, 250 minutes of penalties, uh, three more points in 12 playoff games, uh, and 11 and 11 uh, penalty minutes. Um, but he had uh, 12 regular season fights and one playoff fight. But that one playoff fight was the beating that he put on Probert, and I think um, that was kind of the big year. I think that's what got him his money in Washington, uh, and that because he, he went to Washington the next year and had the run there. Um, but that I think that was the fight. Um, that sort of put Simon on the map because before that he didn't call it, he was in Quebec, but 37 games one year and then 29. And, and, and I mean, he was having some great fights without a doubt in Quebec, but you're, you know, you're in Quebec, French, not a lot of coverage. Again, this is before the internet. And, uh, but all of a sudden you get to Colorado, uh, a little more, um, you, you know, obviously a, a lot more notoriety in Colorado. Cause at that point, um, you know, give or take, they're the kind of the new team in the league. Plus, um, yeah, they, that was the year that they, uh, they won the Stanley cup. So, um, you know, he, you know, they were, they were the big deal. And I think, um, he really kind of announced his presence to the league at that, uh, you know, if us fight fans have been kind of watching him, right. And he had the big rep coming out of the OHL and stuff and, and everything. But, uh, I think that was the year he really established himself as a player with the 16 goals and he had the big long hair and, you know, look like the undertaker and Simon, he was just scary as shit, man. But, uh, yeah, Simon was a bad dude and, and, and that was kind of his, uh, his great, his first great season, so to speak. Um, another guy I got to talk about, old school. I had to, or tough guy to numbers, but he, like I said, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd climb through the dashboard on me, but, uh, Brian Sutter, 
you know, uh, well, the Sutters, you could probably put a bunch of them in here, but, and I mean, and Brian, uh, again, um, great player, 779 career games, 636 points, 1700 minutes, 42 more points and 65 career playoff games. Um, outstanding, a tough guy. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, like I said, I, I could have picked a number of years, um, I'm going to start with the the 80-81 season. He had 78 games, 35 goals, 34 assists, 232 minutes and penalties, nine playoff games or 11 playoff games, nine points, 77 more minutes. Um, he had 26 regular season fights and then seven playoff fights. Um, you know, in 11 games. I mean, that's a, that's a busy series. So I mean, you know. Dude's put down 34 fights and, and, and 69 points and 35 goals. I mean, what a season. And, and, uh, and that's the thing with the Sutters. It's like that, that, you know, well, you always say play like the biggest compliment you could give someone was like play like a Sutter. It's just that grind, grind it out, gutsy, never back down. And, uh, you know, and another season that could, you know, we could highlight was, uh, you know, the 82, 83 season. That was his biggest goal year, but 79 games. 46 goals, 30, 254 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, got uh, swept in the playoffs that year. But um, again, another 20 fights. The guy has 20 fights and 46, 46 snipes and 20 tilts. I mean, well, we're in the sea in St. Louis. I mean, who wouldn't follow that guy through uh, through a fire? Um, yeah, just a great player. And uh, yeah, Brian Sutter's stats are unbelievable. And, uh, you know, um, again, you know, was he a, top five heavyweight in the NHL. No, but I mean, he would go and he is the, that's why he had a letter, man. That That's the captain right there and uh, lead by example. And what more, 46 goals and 20, 20 tilts. I mean, you know, how much more of an example do you need, right? Um, the kind of the, the kind of the final one that I'm going to look at, um, yeah, is, is Dave Manson. I mean, you know, again, and, and especially, you know, coming from that defensive position, right? Um, you know, 88, 89 with the Blackhawks, 79 games, he had 18 goals, 30, 36 assists, 54 minutes and penalties. Or, okay, we'll start this game. 79 games, 18 goals, 36 assists, 352 minutes and penalties. And then they played, he played 16 playoff games, had eight assists and 84 minutes. Um, yeah, and he had 16 regular season fights and then two more in the playoffs. I think this is Manson's best season. Um, it was also his biggest fight year. Um, you know, he, his fighting really died off after he left Chicago in the, in the 80s. Um, but this was sort of peak Charlie Manson. And, uh, you know, he fought Coaster and Probert this year. And, uh, I mean, uh, you know, probably, probably not to the, uh, Probably didn't have the success that some folks out there like to think he had, but, but in terms of just, just rugged blue liner, physical, mean, dirty, but mean, like you wouldn't stand in front of that net. He would do anything, elbow you, spear you, fight you, it didn't matter. Um, and like I always say, I've, I don't shit on Mance. I, I shit on some of his fans. Uh, you know, those that are in the know know what I'm talking about, but, I always liked Dave Manson. I was a Manson fan. Um, you know, PA guy. Um, you know, played on those that great Raider team that won the Memorial Cup. Um, you know, and then went on had a you know played eleven hundred games in the NHL. Um, you know, uh, you know, like as I said, his fighting really tailed off at the end. But um, those first few years in Chicago, he really was Charlie Manson. And uh, 
Yeah. I was a big Manson fan, and that's that. And again, from the blue line, uh, you know, to 54 points and uh, and 20 tilts. I mean, whew, you know, solid man, solid. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I'm I gotta say, I'm I'm down with Dave Manson for sure. Um, but yeah, let's let's bounce over to the um, well, I'll bounce over to the comment section here. Uh, who do we got? We'll, we'll see. Well, and like I said, that was the thing I, I was gonna, I, I forgot, I mentioned earlier that I should have said it was for NHL only, but, uh, yeah, well, AJ Galante throw out Brad Wingfeld. I mean, yeah, he did put video game numbers up in 2004 before his injury, without a doubt. Um, you know, uh, well, Al, Trevor San in Richmond, yeah, 49 points and 500 minutes and penalties, and unbelievable. You know, every one of those fights is toe to toe. Um, yeah, Brad May, another solid one. 95-96 season, he had 44 points, 295 minutes. Um, yeah, well, Chris mentions Manson as well. Um, yeah, uh, well, Daniel Shank, the IHL, yeah, 77 games. He had 92 points and 495 minutes. That would definitely win you some goon drafts, but I know those 495 minutes, that's a lot of 10 minutes of conducts because Daniel Shank did not fight that much. And... Um, Kevin Evans, 50 points, 400, or 648 minutes. Of course, that was the professional hockey record is 648 minutes. But like I say, he had a 50 points as well that year. And I, I want to say he had 19 fights that year. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, that, that right there. Those are like, those are like when you create the player on PlayStation and you get the 648 minutes. Um, yeah, he, he did, he did pad the stats with a lot of, ten, a lot of tens. Um, uh, uh, Jamie Dunn, what did he put? Darren Schwartz, a uh, few good p- piled up pims in the coast. Uh, well, yeah, how's that for a season? 62, uh, 62 goals, 52 assists, 200 for 114 points in 212 minutes. He had 92 points, 201 minutes, back to back seasons with Wheeling. I mean, yeah, those are video game numbers right there. Um, Robin Bawa, somebody, oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Robin Bawa, 91-92 in the IHL, he had 21 goals, 47 points, 381 minutes. Really, he had 300, that's surprising, I didn't realize that, uh, Bawa had 380 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what a season, right? And, uh, you know, uh, it, what, uh, who else responded to, here to my, uh, to my, uh, I'm going to the groups now. So we'll see, we'll see what other people put in. Yeah, Wendell Clark, that was, I, I could have put Tom, or, or I could have put Wendell in the conversation for sure. Uh, Tom Wilson, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, new school guy. I'm, I mean, I'm sure some people out there, yeah, pff, you know, but, ah, uh, you know, uh, so, hey, great player, uh, you know, solid skills, um, you know, product of his environment, you know, it's, it, I mean, like I always say, it's the same thing I always say with Reese, right? It's not his fault the rest of the league's pussy. Uh, Paul Holmgren, yeah, absolutely. Shanahan, um, yeah, Al, the LC cord, yeah, they threw threw that one out. Uh, O'Reilly, um, yeah, Simon Schultz, yeah. So, yeah, the, these guys these guys know what's up. Um, I'll scroll down here. We'll see what the other. We'll, we'll check out the final one here, and then we'll uh, we'll put this uh, we'll put this topic to bed. But. Uh, um, well, here's Searson, uh, and, and Chris Watkins. They're a couple of the UK listeners. Uh, yeah. Andre Payette, the late Andre Payette, rest in peace. Um, his first season in the UK, 34 points in 58 games, along with 490 minutes and penalties. And, you know, 
<coughs> with Pyatt, there's some fighting in there for sure. Uh, and Chris throws out the Brad Voth, uh, 2009, 2010, 40 points in 58 games as well as 422 minutes and penalties. Um, Jason Ward shared, um, well, yeah, um, Mike Ware, uh, big Mike Ware, he, um, you know, back in the British Hockey League, uh, with Murrayfield and Edinburgh. I mean, I know the league wasn't that strong back then. It wasn't what it became in the British Super League and stuff, but oh yeah, he had back to back 70 goal, 70 point seasons. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he had like video game numbers over there. That's for sure. Um, and then Anthony threw out the, uh, for the, in the Quebec League. How about Joel Terrio? 31 points in 430 minutes. Uh, and LB Charbonneau, 40 points, 409 minutes with Sorrell. Um, absolutely. Um, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this topic and, uh, uh, it was fun to kind of go through all the, the, the NHL guys, but I definitely want to go through, uh, cause there's some, like you said, the Payettes things there with 400 minutes and Trevor Sand, 500 minutes and 40 points and shit. There's some outlandish stat lines from the minor leagues. I know going over it through the years. Uh, somebody mentioned Jason Rushton and, uh, uh, Brent, uh, Carsey mentioned, uh, uh, Rushton in the, in the Rocky Mountain League. It was like 50 goals and like 400 minutes, 350 minutes. And like, like he said, I think he had about six one punch fights too. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely go into, uh, we'll, we'll try to find some fun junior and, and minor league ones going forward. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun little topic. I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. And now a message from our sponsors. The NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get in on the no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet on your choice, and if it loses... You'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action's so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Yeah, guys, uh, here's a little for you. Uh, oh, Seattle and San Francisco, it's going to be a tough one. But, hey, Seattle's a big 9.5-point underdog, but they're 15-4 and four straight up in the last 19 games against San Francisco. Something to think about. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. It's list time. Tim's excited. Um, man, that was almost, man, I did yammer a lot. I was having fun just looking at the stats and stuff. Uh, I didn't realize I'd talk that long, but okay. Anyway, let's get on with my list. Um, let's open it up here. The five best wild fighters of all time from fan sided. Um, gone puck wild. I, I believe it was who wrote this. Um, in the dead, in the dead of summer, no wild hockey. I thought it might be, uh, Time to take a quick look back, inspired by watching the hockey, the hockey cult classic Goon. I started to think back of who the best fighters in the history of the NHL and the Wild. It's a hard road to be an enforcer. Many have chosen it to become gods of the game. In some cases, their fights are as well remembered as the goals from the scorers they protected. Uh, the enforcer may be a dying breed in the NHL, but there'll always be a place for someone who stands up for a teammate. So in the 15 seasons of the Wild existence, here's a list of what I feel are the five best pugilists in Wild history. <clears throat> so this was written uh, six years ago. So it's a little dated, although I don't know. 
Well, I mean, who's come along, you know, who are they really missing, to be honest. Um, you know, but uh, let's have a look here. Who we got? Danny Lambert was the guy who wrote this article. <clears throat> so, Danny, let's see what you got here. Number five, Brad Stobitz. Stobitz played two seasons with the Wild, 2010 to 2012. Known as more of a dirty player, Stobitz would see a suspension for a hefty seven games stemming from a bad hit on Cody Bass. Stobitz still racked up 25 fights, suffered a defeat in the most famous fight as a member to the Wild when folk hero and former Wild enforcer John Scott would take him down rather handily this season after Scott left for Chicago. Um, yeah, I mean, Brad Stobitz, I mean, I have no, you know, I'm a former, again, I'm... Um, you know, a tough enough guy. I don't know a lot about Stobitz because, again, he, he's one of those mid two to late two thousand uh, guys um, that I, I like. Well, anybody that listens to this show for an extended period of time knows that I don't. I haven't watched hockey in over a decade, more or longer than that. Like, not paid much attention to it. I mean, I know who Stobitz is. I've seen some of his fights. I know he can. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I actually, I, I was doing some research on somebody, and they actually fought Stobitz a couple times. And I was, and then when I saw the Stobitz fight, I was like, I again, one of those guys I've seen his name, saw some of his fights, and I'm like, what is this? So I went down. Goddamn, who's he fight? Reeves. Yeah, he had a really great fight with uh, Reeves when Reeves was in St. Louis. It might have been Reeves' first year. Um, they they hammer each other pretty good. And the thing I noticed about Stobitz, not the biggest guy. I think you know six six one. But can throw both hands um, and even throw hard. He threw down the pipe. Um, it was a Prust fight. I watched him fight Prust as well, if I remember right. Um, again, I'm discovering this list with you guys. So it wasn't like I did a whole dump, a bunch of research so I could tell you all about his greatest hits. Um, I, again, I'm not going to claim to be a Stobitz guy. He was an OHL guy too. So I really didn't see him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't say he he was or wasn't one of the tougher guys. But 25 fights in two years. Um all right, Brad Stobbitz. There we go, number five. Uh, number four, Sean O'Donnell. I forgot. Well, there you go. I actually forgot O'Donnell played for the Wild. Uh, great defender in his own right. O'Donnell is one of the original Wild. T- oh, there you go. Original Wild taking the expansion draft inaugural 2000 season. Came to the Wild's reputation to be a tough as nails defender who could fight and make sure to keep his edge. Although he only played 63 games in a Wild sweater, he had eight fights, two of which were in the same game against Jamal Mears. Um, I, hey, I'm down with Sean O'Donnell. Every time I think of Sean O'Donnell, I think of the LA Kings. Um, yeah, he's one of those throwback guys. He was one of those just gritty sandpaper, no-nonsense defensemen that clear the front of the net, glassing out. And if you wanted to play fuck around, he, he'd, you know, he'd do it. And, uh, you know, pretty pretty solid. Uh, you know, as I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain, are there is there a big Sean O'Donnell fight that stands out in my head? Like, no. Um, I know he did fight though. I know, I always think of him as the Kings. I remember fighting talk at a couple times and, um, I, I, I was a Sean O'Donnell fan. I like Sean O'Donnell. Um, I didn't actually realize he played for the wild. Um, you know, would I put him on a list of great fighters? Yeah, you know, uh, no, but, um, you know, I guess we'll see at the, the next three spots here on the list. Um, Man, I'm just, even right now. I'm trying to kind of rack. Well, we'll see when the list is done. I'm trying to rack my brain with wildfighters, but hold on here. We'll see what the rest of the list brings. But uh, I mean, I'm a big. I like O'Donnell. Uh, you know, I was a fan of his. Um, like I said, just one of those, just one of them salty bastards on D, man, that you don't have anymore. But um, yeah, like he run, like you know what I mean, like the the I don't know the 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 Tenortis, the Danicos, the you know the Dean Kennedys. 
Um, you know, guys like that, uh, Tenority, stuff like, yeah, just those, just those mean pricks, right? That would just give you the stick in front of the net and, you know, and, and wouldn't mess around. I'm down with Sean O'Donnell. Number three, Jason Marshall. All right. Marshall lasted three seasons in Minnesota, 01-04. During his time, Marshall participated in 11 fights. Uh, was pretty gifted, pure defenseman who had, who, who would use his pugilistic arts to, Augment his defensive game and offer an edge and toughness. He was never shy to tangle with some of one of the best enfor- with some of the best enforcers in the NHL. Like at the time, he took on the great Steve Matador and won. Um, no offense to Steve Matador, but I don't I don't think he was a great fighter. Um, yeah, Jason Marshall. Um, yeah, he's a dub guy. Who do you play with? Left, why am I keep thinking left? But maybe it's Tri City. It's Tri Cities he played with. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, another one of those guys. I mean, I, I like Jason Marshall. Um, I, again, um, I, would I ever put him on a great fighters list? No. Um, like I say three seasons, eleven fights, especially in the early 2000s. I mean, that's not really fighting all that much. Um, he, I know he had some decent tilts, um, but kind of a middleweight kind of defensive guy like I don't he wasn't any heavyweight or anything I don't I don't think Jason it's not a, a knock on him or you know no offense but like I don't think Jason Marshall was instilling the fear of God into anybody but um again one of those guys physical d-man would would fight if need be um you know um again I can't sit here and rattle you off Jason Marshall's greatest hits or anything I mean I have I've seen him fight and stuff but nothing's really standing out um but um I don't know if I'd have him, uh, you know, in front of uh, O'Donnell or Stobitz, to be honest. But, okay, Jason Marshall. Here we go. Number two, uh, Matt Johnson. Okay. Uh, one of the original Wild Johnson played four seasons in Minnesota. He was hitter the team's first enforcer. Johnson would be in the Wild's first fight October 7th, 2000, fighting Louis DeBrusque. Uh, in August Wild season, saw Johnson rack up 12 fights on his way to... On his way to a team record, 56 regular season fights for the Wild. His largest total included 23 in his last season. Um, oh, sorry about that. My my phone started ringing. Um, <coughs> 23 in his last season with the Wild, which was his last in the NHL in 0304. Um, yeah, I mean, Matt Johnson started off, uh, you know, young kid in L.A. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, those probably know... Uh, you know, he's been homeless and, and having a real tough battle with after life, after hockey. Um, you know, a real sad story there. But, uh, yeah, his career, yeah, big guy. Um, I, I think the L.A. Kings rushed him. He wasn't ready, um, in my opinion. You know, nine, I know he was the kingpin in the OHL and stuff, but I think he pro- he should have had a few years in the American League, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, came right in with L.A. and, uh, like I said, big kid. Um but yeah, uh, with the Wild, he he really came into his own in Minnesota. Uh, you know, I you know I I know he he was pretty dominant in some fights. I, what's the one fight with the was it Andrew Peters? That was brutal, and he like basically breaks his face. And uh, you know, I, I think he had a pretty good uh, was it a, a, a TKO? I think he dropped Parker, didn't he? Um, but yeah, I just remember Johnson. Uh, I mean, I know him and George Rock fought about ten times, but I think there might have been. Eight punches landed in all of their fights combined. I mean, they never seem they could never seem to right the ship. I mean, the balance was always the issue, and both of them they couldn't. It was just the way their styles just did not work. But um, 
Yeah, Johnson, big guy, uh, big reach, had some big wins with the Wild. Um, I can remember when the Wild first started, there was a website. Oh, I can't remember what it was. It was Wild. Oh, I can't remember who the cat, uh, nice guy that ran the site. Um, but yeah, and it, and it was a focus on the Wild enforcers. And I know, uh, obviously Johnson was there and, uh, and, um, uh, oh, who was the other guys that were there? Uh, Sylvan Bluan. Um, uh, Tedarenko briefly, uh, you know, I mean, there's obviously been guys that roll through there, but, um, yeah, and I remember Matt Johnson, but I, like I said, I just remember Matt Johnson kind of coming into his own in Minnesota and, uh, well, like I said, he had the, he played, uh, you know, he had the 54 fights there and stuff, or 56, pardon me. Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, Matt Johnson, he wore the C, wore the captaincy there and, uh, yeah, um, like I said, it's a, it's a real shame what's happened, uh, you know, since, since hockey's been over. Um, you know, and I, and I really hope he, uh, you know, he could, he could, uh, you know, he gets the help. I, I haven't heard much about the story lately. I know for a couple of years there, um, there people were looking for him and stuff. Um, yeah, him and Joe Murphy, those are two kind of really crazy, like living out in the streets. Um, yeah, crazy stories. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, with with Matt, they can uh, you know they can get him the help, but uh, yeah, tough dude. Uh, there we go. Number two, uh, number one. I would assume yes. Uh, Derek Bugard, uh, boogeyman, someone who needs no introduction in the state of hockey. One of the most beloved wild players ever. Bugard, known as the man who scared many players into retirement, to include. Those include tough guy George LaRock. Well, I don't think he scared LaRock into retirement, but okay. There wasn't enough. Bugard was a master of fighting craft as he was a student of boxing and hockey fight. So good was his approach to the art of fighting. Others would seek advice, forcing him to open a fighting school in his native Saskatchewan during the offseason. Uh, Bugard did not just beat players in a fight. He could inflict serious injury. An example is uh, Bugard broke the cheekbone of Todd Fedoric and report, uh, which resulted in him putting a metal plate. He fought 52 times in the wild in four seasons. Um... Yeah, I mean, Derek Bugard, that's right. Him and his brother, Aaron, uh, did have a fight camp in Regina. It was basically for young kids and a few junior guys. Um, I remember if you actually go to YouTube or go to Google, there's images of him. And, and, uh, he had Derek Parker was out there with him as well in Regina. And, uh, oh, I wish I had a Bugard, uh, fight school t-shirt. That would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody listening, I don't need to describe Booger, what Boogie was about. Um, Derek Bugard's rookie season, I believe it was about 05-ish, um, was probably, uh, the, one of the best, if not the best rookie seasons an enforcer ever had. I mean, he had multiple TKOs. Um, just a really huge guy. And he was one of those guys. He was, he was really big, but he knew how to use a size. A lot of, there's lots of big guys that have to, grow into learning their size. Some never use their size. Um, but he used it and he used it properly punched downhill at, you know, six foot seven. And, uh, and thing with Bugard and that, which made me a, a real big, uh, Bugard fan is, um, it, he was mean and, uh, he did not give a shit and he would hit anybody. And, uh, he knew the role and he knew how to play it. And he was a bully um, and I say that with, in, in a loving sense, um, he knew how, he knew what to do. And, uh, again, re- real tragic, you know, I don't have to go into all that, but, um, and it's a shame, you know, a young guy in his career and his life got cut short. Um, it would have been really interesting to see how, if he had, he had, without the, the, in, again, shoulder injury, well, that's what led it all to the injuries, to the pain pills and all that. But, um, yeah, injuries really slowed him with his last bit of the wild and then with the Rangers, um, 
So I think we really saw peak because Bugard, that was the thing. He came out of junior and he played a couple years in the minor, the East Coast, then he played in the American League there a couple years, and then he kind of came in as a 21, 22 year old and, you know, seasoned a little bit and, uh, he immediately splashed on the scene and, uh, you know, great fights with everybody, McIntyre and Goddard and, um, McGratton and, yeah, Boogie was one of a kind, man. Like I said, a guy that big, mean, knew how to use it. And, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with Boogie being the number one guy. I would have him in front of Matt Johnson. Um, you know, interesting list. Um, I'm trying to, you know, off the top of my head, I think, I think, um, it's not that I disagree completely with the list. I get it with Stobbitz having the 24 fights in the two years. Um, Sean O'Donnell, eh, you know, uh, you know, tough old gritty guy. Um, Jason Marshall. I mean, I think, I think you kind of have to go, like, I was really surprised John Scott wasn't on the list. Um, although he didn't really fight much with the wild. Um, but a guy like, uh, Brad Brown, Sylvan Bluan, I would have put Bluan, I would have put Bluan above, before O'Donnell and Jason Marshall. Um, cause I think Bluan had, he had a couple seasons, I know he had a couple strong seasons in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, again, big guy. Um, but I would say Blue Man was definitely a better fighter than O'Donnell and Jason Marshall and Stobbitz. He was actually a better, it, it, actually, Bugard, yeah, Bugard, Johnson, yeah, Bugard, Johnson, one, two, I'd do that. Probably a Blue Man three, actually. Brown, four, and maybe Stobbitz, five. I think maybe that's what I would do. I'm trying to struggle to figure out, I mean, I really can't, like, John Scott, nah, not in Minnesota. He didn't really, he wasn't in Minnesota for very long. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of other Minnesota wild tough guys. I mean, yeah, I can't, man, that's terrible. I, I really can't, I really, that was the thing because the wild didn't like 2000 was their first year. So yeah, okay. You had Johnson and blue End those first few years. Then you had, and then Boogie came along and Starbucks and stuff. But then you, you know, by that point you're in 2011, 12, 13, well, that's when fighting pretty much goes away anyway. Like, they really don't fight that much anymore. So, I mean, you know, they have their run, really. They, I mean, the, the team has is not that old, right? It's not like we're talking about the Bruins or the Flyers or something. So, um, yeah, their history, you know, they kind of got into hockey when fighting was, I don't want it, 2000, it still wasn't on the decline. but um, And you still had tough guys in the league, but it was, you know. Um, but they've always, they always had guys for the first little while, so. Yeah, there you go. The Minnesota Wild, the top five. So, um, you know, let me know what you think of that list. But uh, otherwise, other than that, guys, there we go. Uh, a little over an hour for that episode. But I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed looking at the seasons. Um, I definitely want to look into that. A minor league one and a, and a junior one. I think we could have fun looking at some of those stat lines. It's always fun, especially when you go back to like, go back to like the old, like, uh, late 70s uh, WHL. You know, with guys like 60 goals, 280 minutes, you know, it's like just shit like that. Or the old East Coast League, like you said, with, uh, um, or with Trevor Sand and guys like that. I mean, those were always, uh, Kevin Kerr had some really cool stat lines too. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward. We're going to definitely dive into that, uh, in the near future, as well as, like I said, the Minor League Mayhem Tournament. Definitely doing a bracket preview show with, uh, Jay and Alec. Um, but uh still looking for a third guy for that one, I think. Is there a minor league guy out there that wants to join us? And uh we'll we'll talk about minor league mayhem. But uh anyway guys, uh I am actually done talking for tonight. Um Yes, thank you very much for tuning in. 
thank you again for the uh, for the comments about the previous episode. I really hope I encourage you to go back and check out the back catalog. Um, somebody did ask me, as it always comes up, are you ever doing interviews anymore? I will do some interviews. I wanted over Christmas. I wasn't going to bother anybody over Christmas. I've talked to a few guys in private message. Um, there are some guys that I really I want to set up with. Um, including a few old NHL guys, um, and I just have to, I just have to get in gear and, and do my research and get my questions done, and uh, and uh, and hopefully come up with a time. And uh, yes, yeah, so no, I'm not completely done with interviews, not at all. But uh, you know, it's just uh, over the last little while, I just haven't really had time to set it up, and uh, and to and to be completely honest, nor did I have the want to do it. Um, kind of got to be in that headspace, and I just uh, no, not really. So, and like I said, over Christmas, I wasn't going to bother anybody over Christmas with the kids on breaks and all that stuff. So, um, but now we're into, into 2023 and, uh, yeah, I will have some interviews. Don't you worry. But, uh, okay guys, like I said, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, give me a follow, send me a, like I said, always open for the, the DMS are always open. Send me, uh, uh, comments, questions, whatever you have. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and uh, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, yeah, you guys have a good rest of the week and we'll talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?